Hi there, this is Trevor Harris. You're listening to Mo Curious by Missouri Life. Each podcast episode draws on recent oral histories to examine and explain the past, present, and maybe the future of our 24th state. Mo Curious is sponsored by Missouri Life, a magazine that celebrates explorers and tells stories from the Show Me State. Learn more at MissouriLife.com. During the years before racial integration in America, Missouri, like many other states, created segregated schools for black students. While a perfectly acceptable school may have been down the block, kids with darker skin were made to travel miles to their so-called separate but equal facilities. On this episode of Mo Curious, we draw on oral histories of alumni from one of those schools. These Missourians grew up during segregation and experienced all-black schools. They share their stories of how they took long bus rides and old vehicles on poor roads to get to a school where they learned from the white school's hand-me-down books. They also got attention and love and coaching from their teachers. These black educators prepared Madeline Payne, William Payne, and Diane Pippins for successful careers far from tiny Dalton, Missouri. Today, the population sign registers the 17 residents who remain in this central Missouri town. The town once had hundreds of folks back when Dalton Vocational School was a thriving concern. In 1907, Nathaniel Bruce opened the school in Dalton. A student of Booker T. Washington, Bruce had studied at Alabama's Tuskegee Institute. When his first teaching gig wrapped up in St. Joseph, Missouri, Bruce moved to Dalton to lead a new vocational school for area blacks. Teachers at the school lived on the campus and taught subjects like shop and agriculture to boys and typing and home economics to girls. The school anticipated technical and domestic careers for young blacks. Named for an early benefactor, Bartlett Agricultural and Mechanical School was later renamed Dalton Vocational School. It is on Missouri Highway 24 between Moberly and Brunswick that you'll head south on Route J. Head about five miles Come into town from the north and you'll see a church, an elevator, train tracks, and a scattering of houses and trailers. The grounds of the former Dalton Vocational School lie to the west of the town's cemeteries. Since the school closed in 1956, many of the buildings have come down. For many years, the main school building was used to store hay and it remains standing. I didn't work too hard to visit the remaining structures. I'd heard the current owner wasn't enthusiastic to have attention drawn to his property. And since this is a podcast where oral histories tell the story, I chose instead to focus on those Missourians who attended or graduated from the Dalton Vocational School. They're all over 80, but they've got crisp memories of Dalton School. During oral histories collected in 2021, these interviewees discussed the education they got at Dalton Vocational School. The facilities, the teachers, their careers, the end of the school, and the annual reunions that bring them back to the town where they attended the former Dalton Vocational School. Madeline Hughes graduated from Dalton Vocational School in 1953. After school was done, she headed to Kansas City, then Chicago for work. After a few years, Madeline moved back to Sheridan County and worked at a local grocery store. It was at a Dalton reunion picnic that Madeline met her eventual husband, William, a fellow alumni of Dalton Vocational School. I interviewed Madeline Hughes-Payne at her son's home in Dalton, Missouri, on Memorial Day, 2021. I had a good life. I had one sister and four brothers. And all my brothers have gone on. 
I'm the only one living now. My mother and father was Laverta Blackwell Hughes. And they called my mom, everybody, the grandkids and every one of them called me, called my mother, Mama Bird. Kids and all, they called my mom, Mama Bird. My dad's name is Lucius Hughes, and they called him Jack Hughes. <laughs> he was in Kansas City working. They was making bullets, I remember him saying at this place and he'd come home on weekends. There was a train that came through here. It would come in the morning at five o'clock. And I rode that train a many day, going to Kansas City to visit them. I was just Friday evening, Daddy, so I could see him now coming over at Hill from Kansas City. And it was a lot of people, men, that worked in Kansas City from Dalton and different towns up there at that time. We used to go to Kansas City for $2.50 ticket, and that wasn't much. <laughs> but then they cut the service out, you know. Yeah, it was quite a deal. And then a lot, that's when a lot of people took their left after the, and moved to Kansas City, their families to Kansas City, you know, the men that was working up there, they just moved their families up there and stayed. I went to Dalton Vocation High School in 19, and I graduated in 1953. Then uh, it was a good school. I enjoyed my school. I'd get up every morning wanting to go to school, <laughs> get ready and get to school. And we'd all go up there, and that's what we knew. They had Dalton Vocational High School had all kind of activities for kids. And I think it was twice a month we'd have uh, social dancing and going on, you know. They had football, they had basketball. In the wintertime, they go to Mobley. They're at that high school and play basketball. And the buses would take you there. And they had a band in Dalt, up there to the high school, R.S. Robinson. He was the director of the band. It was a good band, too. And they'd have a parade here in Dalton. My dad was the first one that started the parade, asked them to, and they'd play the band and everything. And uh, it was just like any other high school, you know. I enjoyed it. They had a lot of going on. And the funniest thing, we used to have to go to the elevator to be way to school. I wondered why they couldn't afford to give us a, some scales. And I was telling my kids, I said, I can remember, yes, well, I was telling them the other week when we was in uh, Branson, my granddaughter graduated. And I said, I can remember when uh, we was at school and 
so much, you know, my graduation. And Norma Jean Pettigrew and I sang this song. I heard it on the radio. And I said, we sang it. There's no secret what God can do. She and I sang that at our commencement exercise. I was telling them. And they said, Mama, did you realize? I said, sure. We had a big, that school auditorium would be so packed. Because the kids' parents was coming from everywhere. And they, you know, that's the way it was. Hill would be full. I graduated in 1953. And so, what, two years after school closed. And everybody was sad. But they accepted. And they all, I remember people saying, oh, they'll never get along in Keysville. And Keysville was very good for the kids, to, my kids, and all the rest of them. They said there was a little bit of, you know, discrimination they could see. But they got it straightened out. You know, kids, they, how kids are. And I know when my kids went, there were several times I had to go. But I got it straightened out. I I just enjoy it. That's what I said. I always enjoy coming home. I don't care if I can just just ride drive around. You know, weeds coming up. It used to not be like this, but now there's weeds taking over, and I hope everybody kind of get their weeds cut. The city used to cut it, but I guess they kind of slowly doing things. But I imagine some more people are being. Usually at the graveyard this time, about tomorrow and today, it'll be a lot of people, you know, come in and decorate the graves up there. They probably started today. That was the voice of Madeline Payne. Her husband is William. He's a few years Madeline's elder, having graduated from Dalton Vocational School in 1952. Upon graduation, Payne hitchhiked to St. Louis and joined the armed services. He served in the Navy, mostly in California. It was on a trip back to Dalton that William met Madeline. He liked her. The two started dating. Eventually they married, and William took his bride back to California, and they formed a blended family. I interviewed William at his Columbia, Missouri home in the summer of 2021. They had a a large building uh, on the grounds that some of the teachers had, uh, they, the teachers used to live on the, on the premises, but uh, when I when I started school, started high school, that was when uh, the teachers started to, to live in different, you know, in the, in different communities. So they didn't have to live on the on the campus itself, but we had a little cafeteria that was an uh, was a little building. Off to the side it was on. It was on the campus, and that was where at at noon you could go in the you know in the little uh, cafeteria and buy your lunch if you wanted to or whatever. The senior, us the older boys, we didn't stay on the campus at noon. We'd walk downtown and have our lunch down there, and you could you could get a sandwich and a bottle of pop and a bag of potato chips. For 50 cents. I guess we thought we were grown or whatever. 
So we he did was getting on campus for a while, so we'd go down there at noon. You know, as a matter of fact, it was so uh, uh, common <clears throat> at the time that you didn't really dwell on. You just went ahead and went ahead to your own school, and you didn't worry about about theirs. Now all our books were hand-me-downs. You know, when the other school got new books, then they'd give us the old books. Well, you know, so that was why the teachers were so important. The Santa Fe Railroad ran through Marceline, and it was a, a railroad division. I worked as a water boy in the summertime for the Santa Fe Railroad, and believe it or not, I could draw uh, during, uh, during the winter, I was able to draw unemployment. So going to high school, that gave me some money, you know, gave me some money. I rode the bus and they picked up kids from uh, Laclean, Missouri, uh, Linus, Brookville, Marceline, Keatsville, and then we went on to Dalton on my bus. And tell me about that bus ride. What was the bus like? Well, I rode 22 miles out of school. The bus was as old as it could possibly be. When when the, uh, when, when they bought new buses for the white school, then they would they would hand the bus on down to us. Well, we we lived. We only had a mini bus. We we didn't have a large bus or whatever like that with no heater. It was so small that the, each each boy had to have a girl sitting on his lap to, because there wasn't enough seats. So that's the way that went on our bus. Now the, so you got familiar with your classmates quickly? Quickly, yes. Well, we had, a, you know, you had a bus patrol. You know, they kept, they kept things orderly. But all of the other buses, they had, you know, full-size buses for the other routes. They had about they had five buses going to that school from all different areas around. A good variety of kids, you know what I mean. We we knew, you know what I mean. It wasn't just one type of kids. Uh, some kids would ride horses to school. We had we had real real good teachers though. There was real interest, you know. They took real interest in the in the children. Can you tell me about those teachers? Who who sticks out in your mind? One of my favorite teachers was uh was was uh, was Mr. Browder. He taught uh, industrial arts. Industrial arts was mostly a woodworking shop. So we 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 we'd make different furniture and different things like that. Some of the some of the other the other boys they would take agriculture, so they had farm animals. You know they would uh, they took care of. That. I wasn't into farming, <laughs> that's why I took industrial arts. And the girls had uh, homemaking, so they they uh, do sewing and cooking and things like that. I'm curious with the industrial arts focus and the woodworking, you knew about yourself, William Payne Jr., that that agriculture wasn't your future. 
what did you expect that you would do after high school, at, at that point when in 1951 and you're starting at Dalton? What do you think you were going to do? I didn't. I didn't really have any set goal. I, I, I certainly wasn't planning uh, to leave Missouri. You know, at the, at, at, the, at that time, except there was no decent job when I did graduate. So that's why I left Missouri. What led to the demise was was that the people all moved to work in war plants and stuff like that because it did beat farming. So that's why most of the people actually moved away from there. But you still had you had a, had a few black farmers, but not many. That was William Payne. He and his wife Madeline Hughes had both graduated from Dalton Vocational School when Diane Pippins got there. Pippins lives in Kansas City now. She started grade school at Dalton, Missouri's black school, Phyllis Wheatley Elementary, and then attended Brunswick's black school when her mother remarried and they moved to that central Missouri town. Pippins returned to Dalton for high school. When Dalton Vocational School closed at the end of her junior year in 1955, Pippins returned to Brunswick to complete high school. I interviewed her at her Kansas City, Missouri home on Labor Day 2021. My name is Diane Pippins, and I am retired. I taught for 30 years. Did you have long family, long-time family ties in Sheraton County? Oh, yeah. I had my grandparents and uncles and aunts and every, all of my relatives, cousins, and all were in Dalton. Okay. Yeah. I guess you would say that I lived on the prairie because it's not down by Namrash where some of the people lived. I lived before you got there, although it was in the country of Dalton. And it was just really nice to us. I mean, I loved Dalton and everybody else I think did too. And so uh, we would get out and uh, normally we got there early. The cafeteria building was first that you'd see. And then walking up the hill, you would see uh, Mr. Battle's house. And uh, that was the only thing on that side of the street. And then the school was in the middle. Okay, Elliot Battle was our principal. Mr. Battle was a very strict principal, a very good principal. Elliot Battle, the final principal at Dalton Vocational School, talked about his memories of the school in a 2012 Ozarks Public Television documentary. At that time, I, was, I hadn't moved to Columbia. I was, it was 50 some years back, and I was in Dalton, Missouri, which was a school that was founded by a man by the name of uh, Dr. Bruce, who was a Tuskegee graduate, and they called this Dalton school that I became the last principal of, Little Tuskegee. And they did that because of the kind of work that Booker T. Washington and George Washington Carver had done at Tuskegee. This was on an 80 acre farm, and I was there with my wife, and. Three, we had three children at that time, uh, and then I uh, took these kids. We had a station wagon and drove down to Diamond, which was a little distance from Columbia. And Dr. Luther Foster, who was the president uh, there at uh, Tuskegee at the time, was the uh, principal speaker. 
and they brought several other scientists from Tuskegee who worked in the Carver uh, Foundation Laboratory. I, I felt really uh, touched by knowing that such a thing was taking place in Missouri where Dr. Carver had uh, spent some time and I was just proud to be part of the audience that was observing uh, some of the fruits of his labor. That was Elliot Battle, the last principal at Dalton Vocational School. He and his wife Muriel went on to have lengthy and distinguished careers with the Columbia, Missouri Public School District, where two schools today bear their names. Diane Pippins remembers her principal, but she also had memories of his wife, who also taught at the school. But his wife, Muriel Battle, I just loved her. She was so sweet. She was so pretty. And we would try to wear her hair like her, parted on the side. And, <laughs> and she taught typing. And so, of course, we were all trying to be the best typist there was because we wanted to hear her praises. And she would. But uh, she was our teacher as far as typing was concerned. We started running over to their house. We would go to their house instead of going to school B and Gloria Chen and Mary Banton, she's from Triplett, Gloria's from Brunswick. We would all three run over to his house so Mrs. Battle could come to teach her class and we would watch the kids and she would cover for us because I think we had her first hour and we would watch her kids and then she would come back and get the kids and then we'd go on to class. We would only do that maybe a couple times a week because we had to be in class sometimes too. And so she would give us our lessons ahead of time and we knew exactly what to study because she taught us typing. And so we would have time off at school to go and practice the typing assignment and everything. So it worked out pretty good. With time, Dalton, Missouri native Diane Pippins visited other black schools in the area. It was there that she observed facilities that had more and better resources than she'd had at her more modestly appointed Dalton Vocational School. Segregated schools. But you didn't call it segregated schools. I know. <laughs> How did you refer to those other schools? Well, you know, that's all there was. They were all segregated schools. So that was it as far as I was concerned. Morally, I didn't think of the white schools. I just thought of the black schools. Lincoln, I think theirs was Lincoln High School. And so I thought to me, Lincoln was the only school in Morbley. I didn't realize there was another high school. And uh, then the same thing with Boonville, same thing with uh, Sedalia, uh, and same thing with Marshall. You know, they had their own schools. Their schools were well-equipped, looked like, and they had a gym, and they would have little socials afterwards. We didn't have all of that in Dalton. We didn't have a gym, but we made do we would dance in the halls or something like that because we had no gym to dance in, you know, when we'd have something after school. But we, you know, made do. That's all we knew. <laughs> so you you didn't feel like it was a uh, deprivation? Not really, because I didn't know of any difference until I would started going to the other schools. And I thought, hmm, why is Lincoln uh, High School so much different than Dalton? Their school is much better than ours. You know, you'd think of things like that, but... I still, I didn't even know they had a white school in Moberly or, or Boonville or anywhere. I just thought that was the only school there. And then finally, I found out that they integrated in those cities too. And I said, you mean they left Lincoln High School as nice as it was? But they did. And then when we had to integrate, which it was in uh, the end of 90, uh, 56, 
uh, that's when I realized, dang, Brunswick's got really a gym. They have a lot of things that we didn't have in Dalton, but I didn't realize that until after we integrated. In 1954, far from Dalton, Missouri, the United States Supreme Court handed down a ruling, Brown versus Board of Education, Topeka. In this landmark decision, the court declared unconstitutional those state laws that had created racial segregation in public schools. The impacts of this decision eventually percolated down to the local level. For the 1956 school year, Dalton Vocational School would be no more. The news came at the end of her junior year, which led Diane Pippins to attend Brunswick High School for her senior year. We talked about how, come 1956, there was this announcement. So tell me how you remember that went down. Oh, that was terrible. We had an auditorium. We didn't have a gym, but we did have a little place that we all congregated, like the auditorium. And that's where uh, they had graduations and stuff like that. And so Mr. Battle waited till the graduation was over, and then he came to the podium and he announced, well, I just want to announce that next year we will not have school here at Dalton. He said, everybody will go to their schools in their hometown. We couldn't believe it. I was a senior. And, you know, you want to go your senior year with your classmates that you've been with all year. We were just devastated. So we had to make do. We didn't really want to go. I didn't want to go to Brunswick High School at all because my friends were in Salisbury and Dalton and different. We even had uh, groups that sang. We had a singing group, you know, like the Supremes. <laughs> we thought we were like the Supremes and then we had to break up our little singing group and stuff like that. So I, we were just devastated. And we knew that this was the end of the world because we would not be going back to school with our friends anymore. When Dalton Vocational School closed, Diane Pippins attended Brunswick High School for her senior year in 1956. I'm not from Brunswick. Like I said, I'm from Dalton. So when we went to Brunswick, people didn't know who, who I was. They didn't know if I was mixed. My last name was different. And so they didn't know what I was. I had long hair lighter complected than, you know, some. And so they didn't know if I was Mexican or what I was. So they always kind of whispered, well, who is she? <laughs> and you could hear them. And I looked like my mother and my brother. I had a brother. and uh, But my stepfather was a lot different than we were. So they said, that's not his daughter, is it? You could hear them talking. I could hear them talking. Diane Pippins graduated from Brunswick High School then went to college in Des Moines, Iowa, and later Kansas City. She earned two master's degrees and had a 40-year career in education. I asked her to tell me where her interest in business education originated. To bring it back to Dalton, I'm curious how the school prepared you for that career. Mrs. Battle. <laughs> I have to give the credit to her because I would never have even dreamed of going into business until she introduced me to the typewriter. And, you know, it was so easy for me. She typed, we typed with blind keys. And, yeah, we, she taught us with blind keys. And that's how I taught. When I taught kids at the different schools, I always covered the keys up with a sheet of paper and had taught them with blind keys. See, back then in Dalton, we had no choice. They didn't have alphabets on the keys. But here they did, 
and I put paper over their fingers so that there would be blind keys. And I just excelled in that, you know, and that made me really want to teach it. Despite experiencing a school with limited resources, the alumni with whom I spoke said Dalton Vocational School prepared them well for their careers. The few school buildings still standing in Dalton, Missouri, haven't held classes now for 66 years. It seemed important now to capture some stories from the shrinking pools of surviving former Dalton students and alumni. My thanks to Diane Pippins, William Payne, and Madeline Hughes-Payne. Thanks also to former Dalton Vocational School students Gladys Mann and Leroy Jackson, Jr., who sat for interviews as well. My thanks to Gary Kramer of the State Historical Society of Missouri. If you want to read the definitive history of Dalton Vocational School, read his article on the school from the October 1991 issue of the Missouri Historical Review. It is also Chapter 6 in his 2014 book, Race and Meaning. Thanks also to Tom Carter from Missouri State University and to Lizzie Kalinka, who runs the Facebook page, Dalton, Missouri, Looking Back. Thanks also to the Sheraton County Historical Society and their board member, Jennifer Thornburg, for her assistance with these interviews. Video excerpts from these interviews are planned for a future display on black education at the Society's Museum in Salisbury, Missouri. You have been listening to Mo Curious by Missouri Life. The podcast explores the past, present, and future of our 24th state. Mo Curious is sponsored by Missouri Life, a magazine that celebrates, explores, and tells stories from the Show Me State. Learn more at MissouriLife.com. Hear are other episodes of this podcast, my audio blog field notes, and check out examples of my work where I preserve people's life stories. It's all on the website RecollectionAgency.com. The music is from the Paul Shin Trio. My name is Trevor Harris. The podcast is Mo Curious by Missouri Life. I thank you for listening. Until next time, stay curious, Missouri. Missouri.